You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello and welcome to Six Figure Dog Business on PetLifeRadio.com. I'm your host, Ty Brown of TyTheDogGuy.com. And this is a show where we help you start or grow your pet-related business to a healthy six-figure per year or more income. And today's show is going to be in the same vein of what I was talking about last time. I'm going to be interviewing myself, and this time we're going to be talking about copywriting. So stay with us, and I'll be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Nature at its best is nature at its simplest. At Red Barn, we've kept it simple for 20 years by concentrating on single-ingredient natural dog treats. Because Mother Nature's actually pretty good at this. Bones are just tasty bones. Meat treats are just nourishing meat. It's nature at its simplest. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Natural Treats. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our slow-roasted natural meaty bones. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All right, so thanks for being on the show today. I'm excited to have you. And so if you missed the last show, I want to encourage you to go back, PetLifeRadio.com, hit Six Figure Dog Business, and uh, and go back and listen to my last episode. Because what I was talking about is I'm doing a, a short series here of two or three episodes, maybe more if I can, you know, if there's other things that, that I feel are, are pretty valuable. But a short series here where I am talking about the things that I am doing with some of my consulting clients. And I'm going to put a link down in the... Uh, down in the show description on, you know, kind of what I'm doing with some of the consulting clients and things like that. But with my consulting clients, you know, there's certain things that that I'm doing that are helping them grow their businesses. And so being in the trenches, I want to show you, you know, kind of the stuff that's working, that's helping, that's pushing things along. And so I wanted to talk about copywriting. Now, I know a couple shows back, I did a show on copywriting, and I interviewed a really great copywriter. And the information he gave was great. I definitely recommend you listen to that one too over at PetLifeRadio.com. But I wanted to do a show on copywriting from the dog business owner perspective, whether you're a dog trainer, pet sitter, dog walker, groomer, what have you. There's certain things that, you know, because I'm in this industry and because I write copy for this industry, both for myself and for clients, that I have found to be very crucial and, and critical for growing your business. So That's why I'm doing another episode on copywriting, but it's not going to be this big overlapping episode where the information is the same. It's going to be an episode where I'm talking more directly to you. So instead, you know, in our last episode about copywriting, it was more like concepts. Now I want to talk directly to the dog business owner and say, okay, here's how I apply this. Here's how my clients apply it. Here's ways that you can apply it as well. And so sound good? Sound fair? Hopefully you know, if you don't have something to write down with, go grab a pen and paper, press pause, and I'll be waiting for you when you get back. But let me first kind of define what copywriting is. And so, because oftentimes when I say copywriting, I'm not going to spend too much time here because uh, I know a lot of people know, but when I say copywriting, a lot of people think like, what, like make it legally yours? 
And that's not what I mean. When I say copy or copywriting, what I'm referring to is words that are designed to evoke a response. And so those words can be anywhere. They can be in an advertisement. They can be in emails. They can be in website, you know, the, the copy that's on your website, the words that are on your website. They can be in videos, you know, the words that we're using to get a response. They can be in phone scripts. I mean, any words that you're using in your business that are designed to get a response, I want you to think of in terms of copy or copywriting. And so it's found everywhere. You know, it's found in, in basically all aspects of what you're doing in your business. And so, so that's where I say it's so important because it's one of the things that I'm noticing is giving us the biggest leverage points with, with my clients. And so, you know, I had one client, we rewrote some of his emails and he started seeing a bigger response. I saw we had another client, you know, we rewrote his website. He started seeing a bigger response. I had another client. We changed where the call to action was in her copy and she started getting more leads. And so copy to me is, is why I feel that I've been able to sell millions of dollars worth of dog training over the past several years, mostly on the back of my copy. Because if you ever get the, uh, the chance to look at my business, there's so many things I do wrong. So many things I do wrong. I can't even begin to tell you. You know, sometimes I have uh, dog trainers come out and, and do shadow programs with me and I'm like, and I know they get great stuff out of it, but I'm like, uh, you know, forget the fact that we make a lot of mistakes here and, you know, we're not perfect. But at the end of the day, of course, there's enough that we do right that we're a growing business. I just got the numbers back in. We grew $130,000 last year. So I'm pretty excited about that. Hopefully we can do the same thing this year. But anyways, back to... I'm digressing. Back to copy here. Copy is a leverage point because the exact same eyes, the exact same ears that are seeing and hearing your stuff, if we just tweak the copy, we can often see massive results, you know, big results. And so so copy is one of the biggest, like I say, leverage points that you can have in your business because, you know, there's certain things like you got to work harder, you got to do more. Whereas with the copy, it's stuff that you've already got out there. But if you can figure out a way to optimize it and do it better, you can earn a lot more money without having to do a lot more work. So, well, no, sorry, you got to do the work to fulfill it, but not a lot more work in actually selling it. And so what I want you thinking of is the purpose of copy, because I see a lot of people create a website, create an ad, and they're like, well, let me just get something on there. And oftentimes they're just like, well, I'm just going to put, you know, I'm going to put what I do on the website. I'm going to put contact pages, things like that. And there's not a ton of thought that goes into the copy, which is where you should be spending enormous amounts of time working on your copy to get it right. You know, when I'm rewriting somebody's website, I spend tens of hours, you know, on just one website, you know, trying to figure out the best way to say something. Because what copy really is, its purpose is it should always evoke a response that drives somebody to what's next. And go ahead and look at most websites, most web pages. You know, most dog trainers and pet sitters and dog walkers, there's not a what's next. It's here's what we do. It's here's what we did. It's here's what we can do. You know, it's but there's no what's next. The what's next is, is always something that they need to do, an action they need to take. You know, do they need to call you? Do they need to email you? Do they need to set up an evaluation? Do they need to buy something? Sometimes, you know, all it needs to do is drive them to open the next email. I've interviewed Molly Rouse on my show a couple times. She was at my house for dinner the other day. It was a lot of fun, giving her a little cameo here in my in my podcast. But I've noticed that's one thing that she's really good at is sometimes she's sending out emails or she's writing copy on her Facebook page with the sole purpose of open the next email because really her goal for that piece of marketing is to get you to engage with her content even more. And so, like I say, the purpose of copy should always be to drive somebody to what's next. And so look at your ads, look at your website, look at your phone scripts, look at your email scripts, 
And if you don't have phone and scripts and email scripts, you need those. You know, with my clients that I'm working with, we work on all copy, you know, phone scripts, email scripts, you know, how we say things in email can be critical and it can make a sale or break a sale. And so look at everything that you're doing and try to determine, okay, the words that are on this paper, the words that's in this video, the words that's on my answering machine, are these words driving somebody to the what's next? And if they're not driving somebody to the what's next, what do we need to do that? And that's what I want to talk about for the remainder of the show is, is how I go about writing copies, certain things that I find to be important, certain kind of styles and things like that. And so this is the part to where I wish I could say I had like a system to where, all right, plug this in and on the other side, you're going to have very good copy. And I don't. I have several systems. Whenever I'm writing copy, whenever I'm doing something, I have several systems that I use. And a lot of it's feel, a lot of it's experience. Just the more that you write copy, the more you see what people engage with, the more that you see that, you know, what people like, what they don't like, things like that. And so I'm going to present to you a variety of options. Don't think that this is the only way. Don't think that you can't tweak these things. But these are different systems that I have for writing copy that really do a good job in, in evoking responses and moving people kind of to the next step. So real quick, I want to take a break. And when I come back, we're going to kind of enter, like I say, the second part of the show where we get into the nuts and bolts, the meat and potatoes, and figure out how to write better converting copy. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. You love your dog and getting kisses from them. But their breath can be downright stanky. <laughs> Knock out their smelly breath with Stank Be Gone. Stank Be Gone is made with natural ingredients to eliminate their bad breath while helping to reduce plaque and tartar. Just add a capful to your dog's drinking water. Stank Be Gone is only $19.95. Use promo code STANK to receive a second bottle for just $5. Go to stankbegone.com today. That's stankbegone.com. So when we brought him home, we didn't realize that Bear, the rescue dog, was actually sick. He had very flaky skin. He was dropping a lot of fur. And Lavette wanted to do steroid injections, special dog food. Nothing seemed to work. So I've been hearing Dinovite on the radio for years. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 859-428-1000. It never actually crossed my mind to try it until I was just at a dead end. And then it finally sunk in. Oh, you're talking about hair and skin. And all right, <laughs> I'll try it. Well, it took probably six weeks, but after we started using Dinovite, no more flaky skin. He doesn't scratch and itch, and he started to put weight on. <laughs> it was awesome. He makes us feel like we saved him. Every rescue dog in America deserves Dinovite for 90 days. I wish that we would have started the Dinovite right away. It would have been so much easier. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. All right, and we're back. And right before the break, I said we are going to talk about how to write better converting copy. And do remember that. Remember that all of your copy is designed to convert into something. It's convert into an action. A lead, a sale, an email, uh, open my next email, things like that. 
All right, so there's different kind of styles that I take when I'm writing copy. My favorite one is storytelling. Stories are so powerful. I mean, if you look at like objective, what am I trying to say here? You know, like objective analysis of certain people in history. And I'm not trying to be, you know, strike religion from this, but you know, you look at how people talk about Jesus Christ, you know, and the words that he spoke, right? Objective observers look and say, all right, how is it that you know, today, 2,000 years later, this man has, you know, such a following. You know, some people say, well, the guy never even existed. Some people think, you know, entirely differently. But regardless, you know, historians and professors and, and pundits and, and all sorts of people look back and say, how does this man have such influence? And what is basically undisputed is because he taught with stories, right? You know, in biblical terms, you know, they're often called parables, right? Yeah. Yes, parable. Sorry, that word sounded funny coming out of my mouth. You know, but they're called parables. But in parlance that we use today, you know, he taught using stories. And stories are so powerful, so powerful when writing copy and so overlooked. But they're so powerful in writing copy because they can take a concept and drive it home much better than simply telling somebody can take that concept and drive it home. They can make you remember a concept so much easier than simply telling you that concept can have you remember. They can inspire you to action so much easier. I find that stories allow me to make a strong sales pitch without making a sales pitch. And what I mean by that is, you know, for example, you know, I might be telling a story and in the story, this person took such and such action and the result was their dog was became very well trained. And you can word it in such a way that's very strong and there's this very strong call to action, but you're not the one telling them to buy the training. The story is saying, hey, this person bought the training or this person bought the dog walking or this person bought the dog grooming and their problem was solved as, as a result. And so I'm not a pressure salesman at all. I'm awful at pressure sales when, you know, times that I've tried and not that I've tried very much, but I'm awful at pressure sales. But what I'm very good at is telling stories, telling stories about my life and relating them. So let me tell you how I kind of implement this. I implement this a number of different ways. I implement this, first of all, in my email newsletter. And if you don't have an email newsletter and you don't have an autoresponder, I want to encourage you to do that. You know, go look at MailChimp.com. You know, it's got a free autoresponder that, you know, you can have some functionality and then, you know, you can upgrade that once you have more needs and stuff like that. But MailChimp.com is a great one. But get yourself an autoresponder and try to be collecting leads. A big portion of our sales come from our email newsletter. And I often can see, so our software shows us how long somebody's been a lead and how long that they've been in our system. And it's quite frequently that I will look at, you know, a new client and I will look back and see that they've received 43 newsletters, you know, that they've been on our list for a year. And finally, well, 43 weeks isn't a year, but you know what I mean. You know, they've received 52 newsletters or 36 newsletters or five newsletters or whatever, that they've been on this list for the longest time and finally decide to buy. And the reason why is because people buy when they're ready, not necessarily when you're ready. And so they might reach out at a time when they're like considering something, but you know, something happens and they're not ready or they didn't have the money or, you know, something else came up, you know, death in the family, anything, right? And so, you know, people think that, well, if they don't buy now, they're not really interested. So I can just leave them alone. Eh, I mean, that sure, that describes some people. Some people just genuinely aren't interested, but some people are. And keeping in touch with them with uh, with a newsletter can be great. I do weekly, you know, so every week, uh, every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, I send out a newsletter. And my newsletter, 99% of the time, is a story from my life. Frequently, it's a, it's a funny story. At least to me, it's funny. I laugh. People might not, other people might not be laughing, but I laugh. 
And so I share this story, you know, and then I relate it back to dog training, you know, and you, of course, relate it back to dog grooming or, or what have you. And so as an example, I sent uh, today, I'm recording this today on a Wednesday. I sent out the newsletter yesterday and the newsletter I shared yesterday was a story about when I was 12 years old, I went on a Boy Scout camp out in the winter and a kid, another Boy Scout broke my fingers by slamming my fingers in the car door and I fainted and it was an awful camp out and shortly thereafter I quit Scouts forever uh, and I'm not a Boy Scout, I'm not an Eagle Scout, so you know, all that stuff. And so you might say, what the heck does that have to do with dog training? Well, the story doesn't, but I can relate anything to dog training. And so, you know, what I talked about was how this boy showed no remorse. He showed no remorse for breaking my fingers. In fact, he never once apologized. I knew this kid for years. He never once apologized. If I ever brought it up, he would just kind of laugh at me. This guy had no remorse at all for what he did to me, breaking my fingers, making me. And I jokingly applied that to dogs you know saying you know your dog he's chewing your couch he doesn't have any remorse it's not like he's dogs are like 12 year old boys they don't have remorse he's out there playing in the snow after he just destroyed your couch you can't be thinking that your dog is going to stop a behavior because of remorse so just like a 12 year old boy you have to train your dog in a different way and so so like i say a very just kind of a goofy story but i related it back to dog training and I can do that, like I say, you can do that with any story that's occurred in your life. And you can make anything a little bit funnier and make people chuckle and things like that. But I can't tell you that ever since, you know, I've been doing newsletters for a long time. It was probably about, no, I think it was last January. So I think it was over a year ago that I said, okay, 2015, I'm going to change how I do my newsletters and they are going to be stories. Because not only, like I say, does it captivate people and they're interested, but they get to know me. And so so frequently, like today, somebody came in to drop off their dog from daycare and they said, your fingers, huh? You know, and they're talking about the newsletter from yesterday. They're engaged with it. They enjoy it. I frequently get people. I had a guy the other day say, I've never looked forward to promotional emails so much. I know you're selling me something at the end and I'm fine with that, but I really enjoy reading your emails. They're funny and they're interesting and they teach me concepts about dogs and dog training. And so now, on the flip side, there's uh, I randomly will get emails from people saying, screw you. How dare you keep sending me this tripe? I remember a guy recently called it tripe. He said, you're sending me this tripe. I wanted to learn about dog training, and you just tell me these stupid stories. And so, of course, obviously, that's not a good client. That guy self-selected himself out of my process. And so it was a good thing he never became a client because he probably wouldn't resonate with us anyways. But anyways, I use stories in newsletters all the time, and they're so powerful. Now... I also use them in website copy. And this is something that as I do this with my clients, a lot of them are a little bit hesitant to do so because they're like, well, this isn't like any program page that I'm used to seeing. And so, you know, on a dog trainer's page where most dog trainers have some pages as programs or services or, or whatever, you know, talks about what they do. Typically it says, all right, here's the program. We're going to train your dog four sessions and we're going we're gonna to use treats and we're going to, you know, and they talk about the program. Makes sense, right? And it does. But what I like to do is, is use, you know, kind of tell a story, you know, tell a story about here's how I got into dog training and here's why. And then, you know, we relate it back and say, this is why I'm unique. And this is why, you know, I serve this demographic the best. And if you're interested, here's the next step. And the next step might be call, email, fill out the form, do an evaluation or whatever the case might be. But you don't just have to use stories in an email. 
you can use stories on your website. You know, when I write blog posts, you know, we'll use stories. And when I'm selling people, when I'm talking and in my scripts, I use stories. And I now hear my employees sometimes telling my stories. You know, Ty actually tells this story about this. And so stories are one of the most powerful ways to get your copy out there. And so I encourage you to figure out how you can do that. Last benefit in that, and then I'll move on to the next thing. And I already kind of alluded to this, but stories get people to know you. And so there's a term, I'm trying to remember, I think it was Dan Kennedy who came up with the concept of know, like, and trust, you know, that people want to buy from people and businesses that they know, like, and trust. And if you go to most people's websites, there is not a very good ability to get to know, like, and, or trust you. A lot of websites are pretty sterile. Here's what we do and we're good at it. Here's what we, you know hire us. And so they're pretty sterile. And so for someone to know, like, and trust you, they kind of have to take the next step, right? They have to pick up the phone or they have to come in for an evaluation or or they have to scour your Facebook page or something. But if you make it easy to, to know, like, and trust you through copy with stories, I can guarantee you that Well, I shouldn't say I can guarantee because I don't know how you're going to do it, but it can be incredibly powerful for driving sales. And so, so like I say, we did a lot of marketing things last year, but we grew by over $100,000, a big part of that through stories, through telling stories and having people know me better and know our process better before they ever reach out to us, before, you know, we ever talk to them. All right. So the next thing I want to talk about for somebody that wants a little bit more formulaic way of writing copy is what's called ADA, A-I-D-A. Now, I'm not the inventor of this. I have no idea who the inventor of this is. This is, you know, to a degree, this is kind of sales training that's been around for a long time. I got my first job in sales. So if, if any folks know kind of my background, I started training dogs in high school when I was 14 years old. When I was 17 years old, I actually moved out of the house. That's a story for another day. Maybe I'll put that in a newsletter. But I moved out of the house. And in the process of moving out of the house, I moved 800 miles away to Utah. And I didn't do dogs for a couple of years because I didn't, you know, I didn't have a dog trainer to work for. I don't even know if there were dog trainers at the time in Utah. This was 1998 when I moved out, 1990, yeah, 1998. But anyways, I got a lot of jobs in sales because I was like, I got to make money. I got to pay the rent, stuff like that. So I got sales jobs because that's about the only thing hiring a 17-year-old. They mostly thought I was in my 20s. I looked older. So don't judge me too bad. I didn't tell them I was in my 20s. I just, they just thought I was. But I still remember some of the sales training that I got in ADA, A-I-D-A, with some of that sales training. And so it's a powerful concept, but it, and it doesn't just apply to sales. Well, I mean, copy is sales, right? But it doesn't just apply to when you're talking to somebody and trying to sell something. It applies to the copy that you write. So A-I-D-A stands for attention, interest, desire, action. So let me repeat that, attention, interest, desire, action. And so when you're writing copy and you're looking for a formulaic way of doing it, you don't necessarily need to go in that order, although going in this order can be helpful if you're pretty new to copy. And so attention, let me talk about that first. So attention might be a headline. You know, it might be the subject line of an email. It might be the first line in a Facebook ad. It might be the first few words in your voicemail or or what you talk about, you know, the first little bit of your script when you're talking with somebody. But anyways, we need attention, right? Because there's lots of things vying for your prospect's attention. So you need to grab their attention. So a headline, and then along with that, you know, open with something that's going to grab somebody's attention. So, so first things first, when you're writing copy, get somebody's attention. So I stands for interest. So once you've got somebody's attention, you need to keep that attention. And you do that by building interest. Now, I find that the best way to build interest is is often to talk about your prospect. You know, talk about them. Now, again, this can apply to storytelling. So, so sometimes I build interest by talking about myself and my story. 
But if I'm not necessarily doing storytelling on a certain page, or, or maybe if I am, I'll say, hey, something happened to me. Maybe this has happened to you too. And so I start talking about them. But, you know, a lot of people are interested in themselves, myself included. So we want to start talking to our prospect and about our prospect in, you know, let's say we're, talk we're doing website copy or a video or something like that. So we want to build their interest by talking about them. Now, talking about them, what we need to remember is we're in the business of solving problems. If you're a dog walker, you're, the problem you're solving is, you know, this owner who's worried that their dog is alone and bored all day at work and chewing up the couch. Well, they're at work. If you're a dog trainer, you're, the problem you're solving is the aggression or the anxiety or the leash pulling or whatever. If you're a groomer, the problem, you know, that you're solving is they don't feel like doing it at home and they probably can't even do a good job at home anyways. And so, so anyways, we're in the business of solving problems for our customers, the problems that they have with their dogs. So talk about that. You know, talk about those problems and stroke that a little bit. Like, hey, I, you know, if you're dealing with aggression, gosh, this is tough. You know, we had this person, they were sued because their dog was aggressive. And, you know, the only way they saved it was they came to us. So like I say, you can weave storytelling into that as well. But we need to capture interest and keep that interest. And most of the time, you're going to do that by talking about them. So AI, attention, interest, D is for desire. So as we're talking about them, we need to build that desire. If not, it's just a nice little story and they read a nice little story or they saw a nice little video. But we need to build desire. And so the desire is for what you have, is for the solution that you are selling. And so the way that I find is often very helpful to build desire is to talk about possibilities. You know, talk about things that have happened for you, talk about things that have happened for clients, you know, talking about testimonials like this person had this result, or as we apply this formula, this is the type of result that we see. You know, we see dogs no longer anxious, or we see dogs that are no longer chewing because they're tired from their walk or, or whatever, right? And so when we're trying to build that desire, it's talking about the possibilities, you know, what can occur. And so you need to be painting that picture. You need to be telling that story. In fact, when I'm talking with my employees, I say that one thing we always need to be doing for our prospects and for our customers and clients is we need to be helping them see into the future. Like, what's possible if you buy our services? Or what's possible if you come to your second session? Or what's possible if you put in the work, you know, and, uh, and you walk your dog every day? And so we paint this picture of what the future looks like. And this is how we create a lot of desire. Because when they realize that there's this benefit coming, it does a great job to create desire. And then lastly is A, action. We need to call them to action. And this is one of the biggest mistakes I see on sites. And I'm redoing my site. And as I'm redoing, I'm like, shoot, <laughs> I'm even screwing this up. I, I don't have enough calls to action. And so calls to action need to be very clear. What is the next part in your sales process? Don't just say, contact me. The next part of the sales process might be, we need to have a phone interview. Or we need to meet so that we can do an evaluation of your dog. Or you need to bring your dog in so that we can tell you how much it's going to be to groom them. Or or whatever it is, the next part of your sales process needs to be that call to action. It needs to be clear and you can't have a million of them. You know, this page can't say, hey, call us if you're interested. And the next page says, hey, why don't you email us? And the next page says, fill out this form. Now you can definitely have those calls to action. But what I'm getting at is, you know, fill out this form and you'll get your free evaluation. And the next page is email us for more information. And the last page is call us with questions. Those are three different calls to action. And so you can have calls to action that are call us for this, email us for this, fill out this form for this, but they need to be pretty standard. You know, here's the next step and how we do things. It's 
Call us and what you're going to get is a phone appointment. Call us and you're going to get an in-person appointment. Buy this right now. Whatever it is, call to action. So A-I-D-A, attention, interest, desire, action. Look at your copy. Look at your Facebook ads. Look at your YouTube videos. Look at the copy on your site. Do you have ADA in there? All right, last thing I want to talk about, because like I said, I wanted to provide you a variety of different tools and things that I pull out of my tool chest when I'm writing copy is, is something I see done wrong so frequently. And I'm talking about features and benefits. And so it's kind of a well-known fact that people tend to, there's going to be outliers here, but people tend to buy things, especially larger ticket purchases, which is what a lot of us are selling. Even if you're a groomer, it's a larger ticket purchase because they might come back 10 times in a year and you just made $1,000. You know, especially with large ticket purchases, we find that people are going to buy based on emotion and they're going to rationalize their purchase decision based on facts, based on features. And so what I mean by that is in order for someone to buy, they usually need to have some sort of emotional connection to the person, the product, the service, whatever, and how it's going to solve their problem. And so I can guarantee you talking, you know, about dog trainers, for example, but this can apply to whatever your business is. Nobody woke up this morning and said, I need four sessions of dog training. Nobody did. Your prospects did not wake up and say, oh gosh, I hope I can get six group classes. Nobody woke up thinking that. But somebody did wake up this morning saying, oh my gosh, my dog peed in the house again while we were sleeping. I need to fix that. And so if you're talking to them about well, come to us and you can get four sessions. They don't care about that. They care about how do I get this dog to stop peeing in the house? I don't know. Does that happen in four sessions? Does that happen in one? Does that happen in eight? You know, obviously they need to know what comes in it, the features, but they're not going to buy because you're offering them four sessions. They're not going to buy because you're offering them a free clicker with the purchase. They're not going to buy because of that. They're going to buy because you've explained how they can solve the problem. And so the way to understand the difference between features and benefits is with what I call the what that means to you test. And so there's a phrase, what that means to you. And so we can put features on one side and benefits on the other. So features, when you're writing something and you're talking about something, you can put it on either side and understand if it's a feature or benefit. So if it comes before, it's a feature. If it comes after, it's a benefit. So let me tell you what I mean there. So a feature is, so here's the phrase. Our board and train program is three weeks long. What that means to you is we get enough time to really work through all of the issues and we can really solve a lot of the aggression problems that you're having. And so the feature was our board and train is three weeks long. What that means to you, now comes the benefit. We can work through the aggression. We can work through this. We can work through that and, and so on and so forth. So in any case, you can apply this to anything. The salesman at the car lot, this car is red. What that means to you is chicks are going to dig you when they see you driving down the street in the red car. And so the benefit is chicks are going to dig you. The feature is it's red. So what I'm getting at is so many dog trainers and walkers and groomers talk so much about the features. Well, here's what comes in the package. It's, it's two sessions and it's a leash and it's this and that. And, and yeah, people need to know that because they're going to justify their decision based on that. They're going to say, all right, this is a thousand bucks, but I get, you know, I get five sessions. I get these group sessions. I get this book that they wrote. I get this training caller. Okay, you know, but they're going to solve my problem. But when they go back to the, you know, wife or the husband, they're going to say, I think this guy can solve our problem. And look what comes in this package, right? And so that's what you need to be thinking about. You need to be talking mostly about the benefits. Most of your conversation should be benefit driven. Most of your copy should be benefit driven. And the features are there, but that's not the focus because the focus is the problem that you solve. And that's all benefit driven. So like I say, go into your website, go into your copy, go into your stuff. 
And look, am I talking more about features or am I talking more about benefits? And I can guarantee you talking more about benefits is going to make better converting copy all the way around. So folks, I've gone a little bit long on today's episode as well because there was a lot that I wanted to cover, but hopefully I've been giving you some actionable ideas. I've talked about storytelling. I've talked about ADA. I've talked about features and benefits, and we've talked about where this copy goes. My hope is that you can do an audit on your business and check out you know, the types of things that you can change so that you can get better converting copy across the board. So I also recommend go ahead and check the notes down below. I've got a link to the latest webinar I'm doing on how to add $20,000 to your dog training business this year. And of course, please go to PetLifeRadio.com. Listen to all of the episodes at Six Figure Dog Business. And while you're there, listen to the other episodes that are on PetLifeRadio.com. Biggest pet network in the world, radio. So thanks for listening. Hope to talk to you soon. And let's grow your business. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.